Welcome back, uh, good people of God and all others who who just happen to be uh, maybe found us on some sort of uh, of your favorite podcasting device, such as Spotify is and that, our radio. It? Don't forget about the radio listeners. Oh, wait, we got some people. What station are we on? Uh, Ninety-four point three in Stillwater and AM seven eighty. On Sunday mornings. AM 780? AM 780. Does it simulcast? Boom. Both of them go out Both the of them. Time. At 930 on Sunday mornings. And then there's mass after that at 10. And then we have the radio mass at 10. Oh. Which we record. That's recorded on Saturday night or Sunday morning and then replayed Sundays at 10 on the radio for anyone to listen. It's part of our evangelization efforts, spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. I, we don't do that. I do. I mean, we don't do radio. What do you mean? I don't do. Oh, uh, St. John's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But also, I mean, I cannot. I hope we can. We're gonna. We're gonna. We're working hard actually to try to get a Catholic radio station in Stillwater. I think it would be awesome. It would be great for evangelization, and really one of the best. This is total side. This is not our topic today, but um, one of the best things about Catholic radio. So if you're out there and you're listening, you think. No one listens to the radio anymore. Number one, you're listening to the radio right now, so <laughs> shut it. Um, then the uh, the other the 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 most fruitful place for Catholic radio is prisons. Wow, prisons, Cushing. So what we would like, what we would like, is w- if we're able to get Stillwater Radio here, um, it would reach the Paint County Jail, okay, here locally. And then we hope that we'd be able to have the power, and it's just all about sort of how big is your signal, how strong is your signal, to reach the prison in Cushing for our brothers there. Wow. Yep. Okay, fantastic. Yep. So that's a side, little, little, little side note. Um, so a couple weeks ago, this is a little bit sort of past, for those of you who college students who are listening, um, but I just want, Father Kerry, could you tell us about, uh, you, there's this Uh-oh. conference that happens every year. Called the Seek the Seek oh, Conference, yeah. which normally is like this in one place. It was been in right. Phoenix, Chicago. I don't, yeah, I've, never, I've never been. I just sort of Orlando watch it from afar. But it, you know, it's basically twenty thousand college students in one place. But in COVID tide, we they they were very creative. I was. I a, thought it was really from what I could see from right. my little perch across yeah, town. Seek. Yeah, Seek is normally like 350 priests, religious sisters, brothers, communities. Well, all Catholic over. Woodstock. It, <laughs> you know? That, that is a way. I mean, there's live music. There's coffee shops. There's, you know, like uh, there's a little, there, it's usually in a hotel. So in the evening, people I sit mean, it's around. It's a big and, convention. Yeah, yeah. yeah and just yeah, like, yeah. you know, have some cold beers in the evening and talk about life and share things together. It is a fantastic time for the catholic world uh, at the college level and it's also it's um it's also because of covid tide been shrink down or shrunk down to just uh local parishes so we did ours here in stillwater we had a i don't know 105 students had turned out for it and sort of college campuses around the country rented places i know bo blanchard said they use the uh, cathedral in Knoxville, no- oh, Nashville, Nashville, Nashville. Nashville. Yeah. Uh, they they use different places. Uh, I, I saw you know like uh, Father Mike Schmitz did his talk. It was beautiful on the fatherhood of God from their student center in Duluth, Minnesota, and all over the country there were pockets of a hundred. It was kind of like the early church. Just like groups of a hundred oh, people gathered wow, together like to like do this, that. and the and the talks, some of them were 
pre-recorded and some of them were were live uh, a few of them were live we we had to we actually had to use our church and student center and sort of open it up we had to move the blessed sacrament out to the sacristy because we just didn't have enough we didn't have enough oh, space oh yeah so we had to have people in the parish hall people in the church and I can't wait for this new place to get our new student center to get built because then soon, our our Hoftorium, our parish hall, will seat 358 people, and the church will seat about 400 and yeah, 450. That's awesome. So it's just like stuff like this we can we can do on a large scale. Uh, so beautiful talks. Uh, you can yeah, people can go look up the talks and, and watch. Them I now. loved the uh, the one that I saw. Was the talk from Bishop Robert Barron? Oh, that was the first night. Who is the Jesus? Identity of Jesus, and I I watched it for myself because I, I I like Bishop Barron. I like what he has to say. He challenges me and makes me smarter and holier. Uh, and I watched it. And it was like eighteen minutes, and I was like, "This is amazing." So I actually watched it with my staff. We had a staff meeting okay. uh, a couple weeks back, and we watched it together and had a little discussion. And then I send out a little uh, message to my whole parish. Every Thursday via flock note, and I always include little resources, and I included that as well. I don't know how many people looked at it, but um, I just thought it was well done, and it was hit. It was Bishop Barron speaking to a college audience, but it had implications far beyond. It's called the identity of Jesus. You can look it up on Word on Fire. But anyway, I just love. I mean that that whole conference seemed to have what you you know you had a hundred plus students, you know who just had you know kind of three days of intensity of of knowledge and prayer and uh-huh. you know we had con- you and me and father robert had confessions for yeah, an we, hour and a half each of us had an hour and a half worth of yeah, confessions yeah, simultaneously it was, awesome. it was awesome and that was all during adoration and so it's just this wonderful and i think it's just that that conference seek and focus which is the the fellow fellowship of catholic university students and you've had we had a, you had olivia on you, we've had the missionaries on the show Correct. a couple times um, are just I think are that's a one example of just awesome things happening in the Catholic Church. Yeah, and they're not just happening at college campuses. Like no. Amanda George, who was here as a focus mission. Yep, I remember her, her. birthday She's been on the show. Yeah, she was on the show. Her birthday was February fourteenth, Valentine's Day. Oh, also and, the feast of Saint Cyril and Methodius. Oh, that's right. Also known as the sixth Sunday in ordinary time. And this year it was it was the last yeah it was the last Sunday before Lent. Before but they have. Yeah. Yeah, they have uh, focused missionaries at their parish in O'Fallon, Missouri. Oh. Yeah, so it's not just like happening. Yeah, focus so, is awesome. So what what happened here in Stillwater, Oklahoma, also happened in O'Fallon, Missouri, which is northwest of St. Louis, about 35 For old minutes. people? And so, oh. you know, like Amanda's finding out as she's discipling people her parents' age, huh. and she's finding out that some, some people have never heard the gospel before. Yes. And they've been Catholics for— Fifty years, sixty yep. years. They've heard they've about ne- Jesus. They've just never met him. Yeah, and so and now she's getting to she's she's going up there and evangelizing her home parish where she was raised. That's awesome. And yeah, her, so it's it's yeah. it's uh I, that's just one example of just really awesome things happening in the Catholic Church. Now, I mean, there, is there a lot of reasons to be pessimistic in our world today? Yeah, the pandemic rages. Um, is it getting better? It seems seems to be. Um, here locally, and then and then around the world, as as the vaccine comes out, and and people, I don't know, see, just numbers seem to be going down. Um, but there's but there's other. I think what, another example we we mentioned a couple weeks ago is there's a priest named Father Mike Schmitz who is a priest of the diocese awesome. of 
priest of the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota, which is a lot like the Diocese of Tulsa. Like, nobody cares about it. Um, <laughs> you know, we're small. We're not New York. We're not L.A. We're not Phoenix. We're not St. Louis. Can anything come from Tulsa? Yeah. Good? I mean, Good? T- Diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma, in the grand scheme of the world church, we're tiny, right? We have 77 parishes. We have, like, you know, 70 priests. We're tiny, right? We're not. We're nothing, you know? So, I mean, Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota, you know, Who? is way up there. It's small. It's snowed in probably, half the year. Yeah. Um, but there's a priest from there, his name Father Mike Schmitz, who has for, for many years now done a great, just a great job with media. He does these videos and talks and, and has written some books and all kinds of stuff. But then, beginning of this year, comes out this thing called the Bible in a Year podcast. And if you haven't started listening to it. Just start it. It's crazy. I've been doing it every day since right. January first, and it's awesome. It's basically how I start my day. Um, oh, I do. I do it first thing in the morning, kind of as I'm. I'm. I'm like getting ready for the day. You know, um, it's awesome. It's twenty. I don't know, twenty, twenty-two minutes, something like that. And so basically, for the next for three hundred sixty-five days, he's walking us through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and it's awesome. It's just so good. Anyway, it's just it's another example of just really cool, awesome things happening in the church. So then for the first, I don't know, two weeks of uh of the year, it was the number one podcast in America. Yeah, it dipped down to like five at one point in time and up. back up to up three. Right and it's always behind like true crimes or something like that. He was on the who's that uh who's that the the, the Jewish guy ben who, Shapiro. He was on the Ben Shapiro show and they were asking that question like it are are people hungry for the scriptures or are they just lazy? And I mean the answer is both. I mean, we we also have we use the technology we have like bo- to to do these things like podcasts. And and it's so rich and so beautiful that people want to listen so he's to still it. in the top 10 he's at what number what he's still in the top 10 as we're recording this the day i'm looking at it he's is number it's the number six podcast in america and that so it's been top 10 since since the year started and the other stuff i mean there are you know it's like news stuff and dateline and you know a bunch of other you know it's kind of politics joe rogan right all that kind of stuff um, but it's just, I think it's a beautiful example of, of the church, of how the church can reach new people and old people. Um, the number of people that I know that are listening to this, I mean, parishioners, it's dozens yeah. upon dozens upon yeah. dozens. Those are just the ones, that's just the ones I know about. Yeah. Francis Murphy, cattle rancher up in, uh, yep. Shidler, Oklahoma. <laughs> He's out working cattle and he listens to it. He yep. gets out, he stops it. He gets out of his truck, works cattle, yeah, gets back awesome. in, hits play. That's awesome. So that's what, okay. So there are two things. So focus, uh, Bible in Ear podcast. I would say St. Paul's Outreach is another really awesome organization yep. not a, that not a lot of people know about. They yep. build households and they just form young people on college campuses. Same. That's a great example. I think, you know, even in, in COVID, um, and I'm not being critical of anybody, but I think Catholic schools uh, in the United States have been kind of a leader in being able to handle COVID and being having kids in school and um, en- enrollment is down and I think that's mostly an eco- economics. People have less money and therefore yeah. and you know it struggle with with tuition payments. But <coughs> Catholic schools just in the United States I think have been a beautiful example. 
Um, I would also put, you know, Catholic healthcare um, just in Tulsa, just in Tulsa. The Catholics run the the two biggest hospitals, Saint Ascension St. John's and St. Francis Hospital. Right. You know, and so the the care that is happening, um, I love the, I don't know if this is still their motto, but I loved it several several years ago when, when, when I lived in Tulsa, back in my younger days. Um, and St. John's used to say that w- their, their mission, the, the mission of St. John's Hospital is to carry on the healing ministry of Jesus Christ. Whoa. That as a hospital, they want to heal. What did Jesus do? He healed. As a hospital, they're carrying on that that mission. And so that's happening all over the world. Catholic healthcare hospitals um, are, are serving people in, I mean, I don't know if it's every country in the world, but it's a lot. Yeah. Um, and so just the reach of the church. And, and I think sometimes, you know, the church, sometimes we're in the headlines for all the wrong reasons. Um, you know, and most of that, we, we, we deserve it because we've, we've, we've been far from perfect. Um, but just the good that's going on in the church. I love, you know, we're talking about Bishop Barron. Um, like his word, the, he calls it the Word on Fire right. movement, Word on Fire Institute. He's doing amazing work with what they're putting out in terms of evangelization. Um, videos, books, the Word on Fire Bible, um, which is only only like volume one has come out. It was just like just the Gospels. Um, and there's more coming. Um, yeah, I mean they all, just so that I mean there's just stuff like that, and he's not afraid to talk about the serious issues going no, on. No, not our culture. at all, not at all. Uh, let me, can I throw one out? Yeah, go ahead. I, I think most people haven't heard of the Thomistic Institute. Yes, the Thomistic Institute. Here, just a little list: Is the Mass a sacrifice? Okay, yeah, sure, I got that. Um, why God became man? Okay, on distributism. So you want to become a doctor? Medicine as an instrument. Job versus job versus sacred vocation. Job, uh, physics and philosophy. Does Thomas Aquinas have anything to offer? I mean, the, these these they're Dominicans. The, yeah, they're Dominicans. So the, the order of preachers, but they're also, as someone said recently, they're required to study three hours a day. Yes, you're required to pray. Yes, you're required to go to mass. Yes, you're involved in community events. Yes, you have to have mostly like a master, at least a master's degree and probably a PhD. And you, you're required to study three hours a day. You're required to be learned. And so they get the best and the brightest that become Dominicans. And these, these they become writers. What and about us? Oh. What are we? So, I, But they're not a bunch of chumps. And sometimes you hear, see in Definitely history books, not. like there's one mention of a Dominican and it's some like rebellious Dominican preacher who told a king that whatever money I get, I will give half of it to you. And so he is kind of promoted in some some history books as like the guy that brought that started the the Protestant revolt because people were so mad oh. at the Dominicans in Europe. But I mean, we know that money corrupts the heart, as the scripture says. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, we, we I mean yeah we he did that. But also there are these other Dominicans that are saintly like yeah. Saint so Thomas look Aquinas. up the Thomistic, and that's named after Thomas Thomas Aquinas Saint Thomas Aquinas. Right. 13th century, who was a Dominican. Right. Probably and, the smartest person who ever lived. And, and that idea that faith and reason, uh, as J- John Paul II said, are the two wings that lift us to heaven. Yes. That God is reasonable and we are reasonable and we unite our reason, our rational faculties with faith. And that 
this is a responsibility for us to inform ourselves. So just stuff going on in the United States, the Thomistic Institute, the Augustine Institute in Denver, Colorado, Denver, yep. which awesome. is a incredible biblical school. They're and, responsible for, uh, for those of you here uh, who are familiar with formed form.org. Yeah. Um, is a wonderful website. It's like we've, I think we've talked about it before. It's like the Catholic Netflix, right? It just has videos and radio shows and movies, audio books, audio books in English and in Spanish. Um, we have a we have a subscription, by the way, which anybody in Stillwater can use. Uh, if you we want use that, it. Let, reach out. Yeah, it's awesome. Just awesome. So the Augustine Institute, um, and I think in many, what, what I love in many of these, Word on Fire, you know, is run by Bishop Barron. But basically, I mean, on the ground, it's not, it's not bishops and priests running it. It's, no. It's holy lay faithful. The Augustine yeah. Institute... I mean, yeah, do they have priests around? Yeah, Father Ryan and maybe um, two others. But who runs it? I mean, Tim Gray and, I mean, these, you know. Dr. Just, Shree. Just awesome, smart, wonderful people. In Word on Fire, I've been impressed with, uh, there's a woman named Holly Ordway, who is like one of their Word on Fire fellows. Um, just, you know, Google her. I mean, the books she's putting out, the articles that she's putting out, um, is just incredible. So there's so much good happening and we're not even talking locally. We can we'll get into that here in just a minute. Um, we can talk about the, the kind of the local angle. But if you look at Catholicism in the arts, Catholicism in the media, um, Catholicism in in the in outreach to those who are um, in need, uh, there is so much good happening. And we haven't even talked about the sacraments. We haven't even talked about. That the the church has continued to you know in so many places to be to remain open mm-hmm. uh, and to be continue to be a source of grace for people, um, allowing people to receive Holy Communion and kind of creatively <laughs> celebrate Mass you know outside and offer confessions and visit people you know and visit visit the sick. Uh, there's just a lot of good happening in the church right now, and we never want you to forget it. Wow. Okay, that's the United States. Yeah. What else is going on in the United States that we don't know of? Uh, we're mean, building like, new churches and student centers. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and so you look at yeah. I mean, <laughs> so there, there like, are places where I, I've been really impressed with. You know, I mean, I think probably one of the one of the best like media outreaches is like the Archdiocese of Detroit. They came out. I mean, you don't think of like. I mean, Detroit is kind of a Catholic city t- historically. But you don't think of Detroit as like a great center of evangelization. Uh-huh. Well, they had this, they did a couple years ago, they did a year of like reparation for the sins of the church. Okay. Followed by a year, and I may be getting this out of order, a year of like prayer, followed by a year of like discernment. And then they came out with this um, kind of pastoral plan called Unleash the Gospel. Unleash the gospel, and it, their bishop wrote a big pastoral letter, and they've just—I'm just so impressed with what they're doing, kind of their outward focus. Now, is Detroit? Are they also having to like close parishes? Yeah, they're having to kind of retract because there was a time, probably fifties and sixties, there were you know a church on every corner, right. and, and we're just not—we're not there anymore. So we have to sort of you know bring, bring kind of bring our resources together. Um, so there are places where the church is, is in that way is sort of retracting. Pittsburgh is another one where they're going from, I don't know, 250 parishes to like 80, right? And that's painful, right? And I'm not saying that all that is like wonderful and great. 
Um, they're conserving resources. But while that's happening, there is also this evangelization that's that's going on. Now, Tulsa, we're in a different right. kind of place. Um, <laughs> we're we're growing. The Diocese of Tulsa, the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City, we're growing. We're expanding. Um, we have people, lots of people, becoming Catholic. Um, you have in RCIA this year here in Stillwater. You have. I think we have three RCIA classes that are like twenty people total. Yeah, we have. Pro- like we're going to have. I think it's going to be twenty-eight. Um, so that's just in little old Stillwater, almost sixty people, right? Who are becoming Catholic. That's that's crazy. That's awesome. Um, okay. We have more and more people coming to Mass. We have more and more people coming back to Mass who grew up Catholic. Um, so that's just happening here. We just built a brand new church. Father Carey is in the process of building a brand new church. Yeah, buildingsaints.com. Um, Check it out. That's gonna, <laughs> that's going <laughs> to last. I mean, our church is built to last for hundreds of years. Um, you, you're, you're, you're doing the same thing. Right. That these two churches are going to stand and be for the people of Payne County and the students of Oklahoma State, um, beacons of hope that we are not going anywhere. Is the world in a perfect place? Heck no. You know, does it seem like things are sort of burning down around us? Yeah. But is it ever, in, has it ever been in a but perfect is it ever, Right. <laughs> but into that comes the, the beauty and the glory and the great history of the Catholic Church and all that we bring, especially Jesus Christ and the sacraments. Okay, let's go global real quick. Global, okay. I I'm gonna have to go. We I think we did, maybe we uh, did um, some we did something uh, a <laughs> while ago about sort of like Asia, the growth of the church in Asia. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, well, because the church, so the Catholic Church is in every country. We're in every right. country in the world. So the, even I think a couple, like one noticeable place is the rise of the church in Korea. Korea, you know, Catholicism at the turn of the century, they say, was like ten to 12,000 people, and now it's 5.5 million. Yeah. It's just boom, boom, boom going up. You know, EWTN has, I think, a Korean affiliate, or at least uh, they have different things going yeah, on. Yeah, they're all, they're all uh, in the uh, peninsula. Worldwide. Yeah, worldwide. in the peninsula that are Korean. I mean, yeah, we get Spanish. I mean, Spanish is a huge language to South and Central America and part of Europe, but there, I don't. Do we have it in German and Polish? That I don't know. But they definitely have some some affiliate stations in uh, in Korea. That but the church is growing. We are growing worldwide. You know, you you look at like you know in Europe is the church super healthy in Europe right now? No, but is Europe the whole world? No. You look south of the equator. You look in Africa. Lots of places in South America and Asia, and the church is is growing and is booming in lots of places. I was so impressed lately with, um, you know, there was this there was a military coup in Burma, oh yeah, also known as Myanmar, and this is personal for us here in Tulsa because we have uh, a, a Burmese community in Tulsa uh, at St. Catherine of Alexandria Church in West Tulsa. Oh, that's um, right. They have recently kind of uh, merged is not the word, but. There's a beautiful parish, the Immaculate Heart of Mary, Tonu, Tonu, Tonu Maria, um, which is the Burmese parish. And they have Mass in English, and they have Mass in Zomi. And it's the only place in the United States that has a Mass in Zomi. And it's a huge parish, and there's it's young and vibrant and awesome. So there was, a couple weeks back, um, a, a, a military coup in, in, in Burma, in Myanmar. 
And who has been one of the more outspoken critics of the coup kind of fighting back? And it's the, the cardinal in Burma, in Myanmar. Whoa. Um, cardinal, I think his last name is Bo, B-O. Um, speaking out, right? And, and being prophetic. And this, I think, is the church. The church, you know, we're. I think we're not as prophetic as we as we ought to be. Um, you know that we 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 can sort of cower sometimes. But here's this this priest in this largely non-Catholic country speaking out against this military coup, which is putting his own life in danger. Yeah, Charles Mongbo. But is B-O. but is being prophetic, right? And so th- there's another another example of the church. In this one particular place, in this country that I think most Americans have probably never heard of and will never go to and don't care about, um, but who's there? It's it's the the church that Christ founded, doing what we do, which is serving people, right? right. Loving, love God, love neighbor, right? Being a, a witness to the good news of Jesus Christ, even when it's difficult. Exciting stuff. It's amazing. It's a, so there's uh, inspiring. So what what we need to do is 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 like you know sometimes take our take our eyes off ourselves and look globally at like what what's going on because I think sometimes we lose we lose hope and we think oh the church is you know either dying or this is scandal or this and that that there are beautiful things going on of different religious communities a couple like one of the things that I I really just love to hear is the amount of Eucharistic adoration that goes on around the world. Amazing. It, that prior to the, they say prior to the council, uh, I almost said it, Nicaea, prior to the Second Vatican Council, there it was confined mostly to religious orders and cathedral churches. And, oh, adoration. Yeah, Eucharistic yeah. adoration. And now Eucharistic adoration is in parishes around the world. Perpetual we adoration. We just added a day. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, it used to have it we on just, Wednesday. And now we have it Wednesdays and Thursdays. Oh, fantastic. Starting in Lent. Oh, Okay, come on over. Spend time with the Lord. Indeed, I but will. that's a beautiful, and that's happening. And, we, and our plan—I mean, we're just going to keep expanding that. Our goal is to have twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, which a lot of parishes already have. In Stillwater, it had that has not been part of the culture, so it's something that we have to build. Um, and so we're building it. That's Ooh. what we're doing. We're building saints. You what? <laughs> you. I love I love that you are using our phrase. I mean, that's what because that's what the church is supposed to do. You're it's not supposed the to only saints. one who builds saints. You just bought the website. Oh, and yeah, I got the title too. Uh, there's some other things I think. Uh, as a, as a young man said recently, oh, Father, um, what what did that that girl on the wall? Why are those girls on the wall over there on the on the vocations wall? And I said, those all those girls are becoming sisters, and they're like. What? Oh, yeah. And, and sometimes we don't see sisters in the United States because they used to be everywhere. Everywhere. And now, now like Paul Huska had a convent. There were sisters like, in Stillwater. Were there really? Yeah. At the school, at the old school. Wow. And now those days are over by about 40 or 50 years. But they are growing around the world. Um, the uh, There's a group called uh, the Sisters of P- St. Paul of Chart. Like the cathedral in the, in the diocese, C H A R T E S, Chartres, France, and it is a group of sisters that there are they're evangelists around the world. Yeah, it's amazing. We know well the uh, I mean the religious sisters of mercy in Tulsa. We know uh, the Benedictine sisters in Tulsa. We know uh, they're not in Tulsa, but the um, the uh, uh, so, oh we do have in Tulsa the sisters of Saint Francis of the Martyr Saint George. 
Oh from yeah, all Jin Yu. Jin Yu and Jin Yu joined up. Uh, but we also know what are commonly called the Servadoras, who are the um, mm. what's the uh, the the uh, uh, sisters of the sir, sister sis, uh, the s- servants s- servants of the Lord and the Virgin of Matara from, from Argentina. Um, so one of our local young women, uh, formerly known as Angela Kometz, who is now sister servant of the cross. Uh, oh, yeah. teaching down in Dallas. Her twin brother is a priest. In that and order. her twin brother is a priest of the Institute of the Incarnate Word. But then I love, you know, Father Pratt, who's a good friend of ours. Uh, we need to get Father Pratt on the show. He's being a wuss. He's lame. <laughs> He's a Stillwater native. It's it's not Stillwater. He, he left Stillwater, oh, and he so, just lost his. Just he just Pratt. lost it. He lost that's it. Amazing. Once he left God's country. Um, but he, you know, the number of men and women that he is actively working with discerning priesthood and religious life would blow you away. It's over a hundred. Yes. It's over a hundred young men and women that he is actively working with who are thinking about priesthood and religious life, who are going to be around long after the pastors of pain are dead. And it's like 40 of them in the city of Stillwater. Oh, it's awesome. Like both towny kids and college kids. So there's just so much to be hopeful about. Is there work to do? Yes. And we've got to work. We got to work people. We got to pray. We got to work. And ultimately, it starts with us. J.K. J.K. Chesterton famously said, what's wrong with the world? And he said, I am. (laughs) Right? So we got to bring about, we have to allow the Lord to bring about our own conversion and just keep working and keep building. It doesn't stop. You and I have a role to play, building the church right where you are. But there's a lot to be hopeful about, and we want you to have hope in Jesus Christ. Did you say buildingsaints.com? Whatever. That's what we do. Have a great week, and uh, we're glad you're listening. We love you. God bless you.